welcome, everybody, to the Not Old Better Show. We are talking genealogy today, family history, and some families, like my own, are from far-flung places all over the world, but I'm here in America now. We will be talking about my family today, <laughs> and I'm Paul Vogelzang. As part of our Art of Living interview series, we have an excellent interview with returning guest and audience favorite, Jenny Ashcraft, who is a genealogist, a researcher, a lover of the written word, and who will join us today to talk about family history, new technology, and resources, all of which will be available at newspapers.com. But we have Jenny Ashcroft today. Jenny Ashcraft is a family history enthusiast. She works at Ancestry, where she writes a blog at Fold3HQ. Jenny Ashcraft loves uncovering stories about ancestors and finds great joy in helping others do the same. Jenny Ashcraft feels completely at home, immersed in dusty archives, pouring through manuscripts, or finding hidden gems in the pages of historic newspapers. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, the Saga of an American Family, puts it this way. In all of us, there is a hunger, marrow deep, to know our heritage, to know who we are and where we come from. Without this enriching knowledge, there is a hollow yearning. The psychological benefits of genealogy are significant and plentiful. Among them are the basic needs like acceptance and friendship. But there are ego needs involved too, like achievement and status and self-actualization, all of which are important. These psychological benefits and more, like knowing your roots, boosts older adults' mental well-being in positive ways that give us this sense of accomplishment especially if you do the research yourselves. It gives us a perspective that we belong to a family, which leaves a legacy for future generations. It also gives us this sense of self-worth and belonging to ancestors with whom we can participate to play our part in history and meaningful things. Of course, as we age, it offers us acceptance of the concept of death and mortality. Older people who have paid attention to our family health history programs, like the ones that we've talked about with Jenny Ashcraft previously, are better able to contribute to their own well-being and better prepared to affect the well-being of their descendants. The grandparents, great-aunts, great-uncles of our audience here on the Not Old Better Show also have the duty to relate the lessons their ancestors taught and the moral principles that kept them focused. We'll talk about all of that and more on our program today with Jenny Ashcraft from newspapers.com and Ancestry. It's a packed show. We've got lots to talk about. So please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, genealogist Jenny Ashcraft. Jenny Ashcraft from newspapers.com. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Well, you know, it's good to be talking to you Um I have a big smiling face right now, and uh, you can probably hear this uh, in my voice. We've had a chance to get to know one another over the last few months as we've uh, had uh, a couple of interviews and a couple of conversations. Uh, my best to you always and to your family. Everybody well there? You doing well in light of all of the new Omicron uh, kind of issues that we're facing as a as a world? You know, we are knock on wood. We have stayed healthy yep. and, and everything's well and hoping your family is well also. Thank you. Yep. Everybody's good. And thank you so much for asking that. Well, again, it's so nice to talk to you. Newspapers.com is doing some very cool things. We're going to get into all of that. But I always like to start with this kind of this broad technology question, because for for my audience who are genealogy practitioners, 
they probably know well the amount of technology that is being brought to bear on the subject of genealogy, but many still are kind of unaware. And I think newspapers.com is doing some very cool things. So, you know, finding our roots is a passion. It's more than a hobby for many people. And newspapers.com is doing some very neat, I think, things. So from a technology standpoint, tell us a little bit about what's coming in 2022 that are just going to help us understand who we are as a people historically and uh, genealogically. Well, it's true. Genealogy is such a passion for so many of us, and and I'm one of those. And it's it's just hard for me to express how much I love newspapers.com. I have learned so many things about my own family in newspapers. I, I still remember that first time that I realized the powers of newspapers in telling a story. Um, my father had recently passed away, and I found a newspaper clipping that talked about him being elected the class president of his high school. And I didn't know this before. This was new to me, and it just touched my heart. And I thought, well, what else can I learn about my dad? What what else could I learn about my other ancestors in the newspapers? And each new discovery that I made was like a thread, and I began to weave them together and create this beautiful tapestry of rich stories that connected me to my family. And as far as technology, one of the things that we're just so excited to introduce is a new search experience and a new homepage on newspapers.com. This past year or two, we've spent really quite a bit of time listening to our customers and conducting focus groups and trying to better understand the challenges that they faced when they're searching newspapers.com. And we think that this new search experience is going to make finding your family stories easier than ever before. And you know, Paul, I'm really anxious for you to experience a little bit of the magic of newspapers.com. And I've been doing a, just a little digging into your family tree. <laughs> um, Got to be careful, I think. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, your grandfather, John Henry Vogelzing, immigrated yes. immigrated to the United States from the Netherlands in 1912. And I have found some cool stories about him in the newspaper. And I'm hoping that as we chat today, I could just share just a few of them because, you know, vital records like birth and marriage and death records, those are vital and so important in family history. But what newspapers provide are the stories and the context that bring our family histories to life. You know, I'm excited for you to talk a little bit about this uh, material that you found about my grandfather. Much of it, I have to tell you, we didn't even know. Uh, as a family. And um, my grandfather, uh, my father's passed away. My grandfather um, uh, passed when I was very young. Um, And so some of these stories, you just, you don't even get passed along from the family. And I think that's one of the cool things about the technology is that you're able to search a whole, a myriad of, of resources to come up with some of this stuff. And I think that's what Again, I think that's what tells these family stories. That's what makes genealogy work so exciting. It brings, it really takes it from this kind of hobby to this level of passion. And and so, yeah, I'm hoping that we can weave this in. I want to talk to you about um, all of that and um, 
And of course, we'll, let's let's jump through some some basics and kind of get to uh, maybe save towards the towards the end perhaps some of this conversation about my own family. But I I don't want to lose track of kind of what's coming up, particularly with regard to genealogy. The annual Roots Tech Conference is coming up, and newspapers.com is going to have some very cool things going on there. Um, it's a virtual event this year. Roots Tech is was last year too. Yes, and uh, probably the year, even the year before. But March third through fifth, so coming up right around the corner. So newspapers.com has got some uh, cool things planned. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that too, and then we'll we'll get to my grandfather, which I'm excited to talk to you about. But but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Roots Tech too. Sure. Well, we are so excited to announce that we are adding 12 million new pages of newspapers from the UK. Now, so many of us have ancestors from the UK, and these papers are just going to be a goldmine of information. In addition, we're adding almost 9 million pages from Canada. So that, that brings us up to more than 700 million pages of newspapers in our archives dating back to 1690, and we are the largest online newspaper archive. If you jump on newspapers.com, you're going to find papers from every state and international papers, including Ireland, Australia, and of course, the UK and Canada. Um, these new papers from the UK and Canada are so great because these two countries played such an important part in the immigration story for so many of us, in, including your grandfather. Um, you know, we, we're going to talk about him later, but let me just tell you one thing that I think is so interesting. And I, I, I got on newspapers.com and I, I searched. So John Vogelzang boarded a ship in Liverpool and he was headed to Canada in 1912. And he was 18 years old and he got on a ship called the SS Virginian. And I, I searched in our UK papers and our Canadian papers, and I found several articles with stories about his exact voyage. Um, on newspapers, you can enter a name or a keyword and filter your results by date and location and even a specific paper. So I put in the Virginian as my keyword, and I discovered something so fascinating. Um, did you know that the Virginian played really a key part in one of the biggest news stories of the century that happened in 1912? Um, just a few months earlier, while sailing this very same route, the Virginian picked up a distress call from the Titanic. The captain immediately altered his course and sailed towards the Titanic to bring aid. And the Virginian was about 175 miles to the north of Titanic when she went down. But there were erroneous reports that came out that said the Virginian made it to the Titanic and had the ship in tow. Well, of course, then the truth came out and everybody realized the scope of this disaster. But the Titanic was still very much in the news and undoubtedly had to have been on your grandfather's mind as he boarded the Virginian to sell the very same route just a few months later. You can kind of see that these newspapers 
this this story and this narrative of his journey is is starting to emerge. Yeah, you, you've got me. You've got me so. <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm excited to talk about this. So wh- why don't we just jump right in? Because I do think this is. It's fascinating. It's some of the the work and some of the capability that newspapers.com is able to to really drive. And I think this this really is fascinating. All that you've found out about the Virginian. Why don't we talk about some of these stories about my own grandma grandfather? Because I do think they were they were interesting. Of course, we know my family knows that you know he was an immigrant from Holland, um, and my grandmother was as well. Uh, they they moved to Ogden, Utah, um, about nineteen twelve ish in that kind of that range. It seems like, um, but the story I think that you've been able to uh, develop for us through newspapers dot com is one that I didn't know from from the military records. I I didn't know that. Um, I really didn't know. You know some of the specifics of the military involvement. This name, this nickname that was used. My, my. I know my father would have loved to have known that nickname. Perhaps you'll you'll share that with us. And then, of course, my grandfather's returning uh, to the uh, United States after fighting and the battle that he fought while in um, in World War II. Um, but it was interesting that he made his way to the U.S. and he had a very interesting, almost heartbreaking uh, situation occur just months after he'd enlisted in, in the Army. And why don't, why don't we start there? Because that's the that's kind of the harsh reality of what, what happens to immigrants. And then jump into this idea of service and what you learned about uh, his role in the infantry and uh, kind of where he fought and then his return. So I'll I'll leave it at that. It's a kind of a big cliffhanger, perhaps, but I just thought that was a fascinating component, one that we just had no idea that you were able to unearth using the technology again. Well, it it is honestly, this story just broke my heart when I was searching for articles about your grandfather. And I'm just imagining here's this young immigrant, this young man arriving in the U.S., and he makes his way to Utah. It's 1917, and in just a few months, he is about to enlist and go fight for this newly adopted country in World War I. But before that happened, I was searching through the papers, and I came across an article that said he had been arrested. And the charge was he had been arrested for suspicion of conspiring with the enemy. and. It turns out that he spoke with a Dutch accent, obviously, and a police officer overheard this and assumed that it was a German accent and arrested him, assuming that he was conspiring with the enemy. And your grandfather had to prove that he was from Holland before he could be released. I mean, can can you imagine he is about to just risk his life? and enter in some of the most ferocious fighting during World War I. And, and he's arrested because he spoke with an accent. I just find it so sad. Yeah, the, I I do too. And I do think that this immigrant experience is is known to us. And, and there's, of course, 
Um, there's class issues. There's some racism, definitely. Um, but I do think that, you know, we we sometimes push to the back of our minds. I think in families, we want to kind of focus on the positive. We didn't know the story. And it it, it actually ends okay. He he is released from jail. He is able to prove his his um his adopted homeland is the is the United States. He's going to go off to fight for uh the country, but it was a tough probably period there for him to go through that and to have to experience that, especially as an immigrant. But you do get the sense that this is what immigrants had to had to face. And I think it's important for family members to kind of understand that. And you get that clearly through this. Well, once he once he made his way over, uh, he was in the infantry division. So why don't you start there and tell us about what you found uh, from newspapers.com in terms of his his division, the company, what took place in World War One there, the battles. This is all that this is fascinating, too. And this is, I think, very, you know, it, 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 this is moving, too. Well, you know, some sometimes we find out so many great military facts when we look at newspapers.com. I don't I don't know if you're aware, but there was a fire um, at, at the National Personnel Records Center in St. Louis in the 1970s. And this particular center was the repository for most of the World War II military records, like 80% of the Army's World War II records were kept in this repository in St. Louis, and it caught fire, and this military history was destroyed. And so what we have found, one of the best ways that we can research a, a military history is through newspapers, and we can kind of try to reconstruct like we were able to learn, um, we searched your grandfather's infantry regimen. And do you remember the movie 1917? I, I, I mean, do, that actually, was yeah. your grandfather. Yeah. That was his experience. I mean, he mm -hmm. was in some of the most intense battles and fighting. And I don't know if he came home and shared those experiences. Um, no, you know, I I, I have an experience in my in my own family from my grandfather who actually fought in World War II. And he was over in Europe. He he fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Um, he made it home alive, but he was just so traumatized by his experiences that he didn't talk about them. Um, mm -hmm. Today, we know it as PTSD. Back, mm -hmm. back then, when I was a little girl, they called it shell shock. I mean, he mm -hmm. was, he, you know, a loud bang and he would dive under the table. And he didn't like to talk about his experiences. And if he did, he would start to cry. And um, one day um, after he had passed away, I decided I wanted to really learn more about his service. And I started trying to reconstruct the story. And because his records were destroyed, I was doing that through newspapers. And I discovered that the the very first concentration camp liberated by the Americans during World War II was Ordruff. And I learned that my grandfather's company was the one that liberated this camp. So here these young men enter into this camp and they they can't believe what they're seeing. They just are astounded and there are 
bodies stacked like cordwood and they're the survivors are just staring at them with sunken eyes and these soldiers are just are speechless they they radio their superiors and they say you know we've got to tell you what we found and so generals um eisenhower and Patton and bradley all came personally to orduff they wanted to see this firsthand and that the sights and the smells were so disturbing that General Patton reportedly got physically sick. So my grandfather came home and he didn't want to talk about this, but other soldiers did. They came home and they gave interviews to their local papers. And I started searching under my grandfather's regiment and I started to find dozens of firsthand accounts from soldiers who were alongside my grandfather and helped liberate this camp. And they described their experiences. And as a, as a result, I was able to better understand what my grandfather went through. The, the newspapers really revealed the story that, that he couldn't. And, and that's kind of what I did with your grandfather. I started searching for his regiment and his company and, and these stories of you know him fighting in um you know in the trenches in um horrific conditions and i just i don't did did he come did you know this did he come home and share these stories with your father or had you heard about his his battle experiences no i i hadn't heard any of this and i doubt seriously that my father my father was in the air force and so these military stories would have been um, important to my dad and would have been important for my dad to have shared um, with with his children, my two sisters and I. And I don't know any of this. My I have talked to my two sisters. They don't know any of this. My mom doesn't know any of the, this information either. So my bet is my dad, who was the baby of the family, probably didn't know this. His brother... Um, uh, also named John, my father's brother, also named John, uh, passed away a few years ago. And so I talked to cousins and they were unaware of these stories too. So I just think this has really been, it's been amazing to have this work um, done, you know, for our family. I mean, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool story, all of it together. Well, and, and you can find some of these details. Maybe you don't have, I, I love, love, to use newspapers to research a military history. And sometimes, um, let's say you might be one of these soldiers whose records have been destroyed. Um, we have on newspapers.com a thing called the, uh, the obituary and the marriage indexes. We've developed a technology where our search engines go in and figure out keywords associated with all of those mili- those those terms that are used with obituaries and marriages and 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 clip these obituaries and newspaper uh, uh, marriage indexes and so now you can go and search them and oftentimes in obituaries you will find details about your ancestor you can find who they married how many children they have and and so on and Often with soldiers, you can find out what regimen they served in. That's oftentimes listed in the newspaper. So when I'm doing military research, that is one of the first things I'll do is I'll go to the obituary index. 
on newspapers.com, try to find the obituary and see if it gives me a clue about where this soldier served. And that is a great mm-hmm. jumping off place for mm-hmm. military research. Yeah, once back from the war, my grandfather married my grandmother. Um, they lived in Ogden for a time. Ultimately, my grandfather returned to the Netherlands um, both for work and he did end up moving there rather permanently um, and it was a bit estranged, I think, from the family. There, There's some – again, I, I – some of this I, I just don't even know, but I do know that he, he died while traveling in the Netherlands. So that was all uh, material that I was familiar with. But I think I think this, this regiment – information, the Wild West Division, you know, that my grandfather was part of, nicknamed my, my grandfather's 91st Division of the Infantry. I, those are just great, uh, you know, just really wonderful things to kind of know and have in our, you know, our tucked into our stories about our families to share with our children and grandchildren. And, and I, I think I think I, I want to I want to ask you a more general question, because obviously my own grandfather didn't share enough of this, and and he was preoccupied perhaps and had other things going on, and there was some estrangement. I do know that, but what advice do you give to grandparents to help grandchildren, not not necessarily their own children, but to help grandchildren begin this process of both searching and then kind of recording this, journaling it. Because I think those are that's going to be an important bit of advice, I think, to pass along too. I think that's a great question. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to read a journal if your grandfather would have kept one? Um, you know, I think sometimes we feel that we need to have a, a grandiose experience that qualifies as worthy to be recorded in a journal. But let me tell you, that is just not true. It's really the little everyday things that just become priceless treasures in the future. Um, I read an article in the newspaper about my second great-grandmother who grew prize-winning vegetables. And I, I thought it was so sweet. And I found another article about a grandfather. And um, he broke both of his legs in an accident in 1939. And I was just trying to wrap my head around what that must have been been like, this is, remember, a time before sick leave and a time before paid time off. And here he was, the provider for a family of nine children, and he broke both of his legs. These kind of stories um, need to be preserved. Um, I think as grandparents, one of the best things we can do is to share these stories we find with our grandchildren, help them understand their heritage, help them understand that they They stand on the shoulders of those who have come before. And you know what? Actually, searching newspapers.com with your grandchildren can be really fun. Um, Pull pull up your wedding announcement. Let let your kids giggle. Let your grandchildren giggle at the the four-paragraph description of what everybody was wearing or the flowers. (laughs) Um, You find stories in the newspaper about their parents. Um, (laughs) If you don't live nearby... Find a story about one of your ancestors, and we have a little electronic clipping tool, and it's very easy to create a digital clipping of the article and email it to them or share it on social media. 
uh, my extended family has a Facebook page, and I often share fun family history newspaper clippings on this page. It's just a fun way to get the conversation started. I'll just echo how how important I think it is, too, because I think it does shake us a little bit out of kind of the same old stories and allows us to focus on maybe thinking a little differently about our lives and the lives of our family members and understanding them. And I think that helps us um, because it's there's there's power in these life stories. I think the other thing that's very important, too, is the telling of these stories as we age. Um, reminiscence is known uh, to be something that not only reduces stress, it can boost self-esteem, it can lower anxiety. It's really good for all of us. And so what do you want to pass along uh, about storytelling and genealogy history that um, our audience needs to know about its importance? Because we, we clearly get that it's important. What What is it about this that makes it so important, do you think, Jenny Ashcraft? Well, I'll tell you, for me, I think stories bring connection and they bring understanding. Um, just as you talked about what it's like to learn your grandfather's story, maybe maybe it gives you a little more understanding why he was estranged from the family. Maybe there was some stress there that we, that you just didn't realize. You know, seniors are the torchbearers of family stories. You are the connection between those who have already gone and the younger generation. And we really have a responsibility to share our family stories. Can you imagine a, a better gift to give your posterity than to record your history and share it with them? What if you started small? What if you made a, a simple goal? Go through the newspapers, find one newspaper story each week that relates to one of your ancestors and clip it and share it with your family, email it or send it over social media or do it in person and just share your thoughts and your memories. And pretty soon you'll be just compiling this amazing archive that is will be just a priceless gift for your children and your grandchildren and beyond. Okay, well, Jenny Ashcraft, we always just enjoy talking to you personally. I have to say how much I've enjoyed it today. I want to wrap up with a kind of a final question about kind of some of this idea of census records and what what is it uh, that's coming? You know, what what's the next wave perhaps of census records that are going to be released via newspapers.com, Ancestry? And why will that improve and change and really reveal some of these new elements that are so important to family members? Well, the 1950 census release is coming on April 1st. And all of us are so excited for that because it reveals more of our family story. I mean, let's just consider for a moment just the dramatic history that unfolded in this country between 1940 and 1950. Almost half a million Americans died as a result of World, World War II. So you might see your ancestor alive and well in the 1940 census. And in the 1950 census, they're gone. So you're likely going to find details about your soldier's death in the papers. Um, we talked already about how you can you know, use the papers to, to just to really fill in the blanks. But these soldiers then came back and there was so much that happened after the war. You know, you have millions of returning soldiers 
So they started families, they got married, Their, the GI Bill was introduced. So that allowed many of them to attend college, that it'd be the first, you know, first generation and their families to have that opportunity. They bought homes. I mean, this decade really changed the course of American history. And you can find the part that your ancestors played by searching for them in the papers. Amazing stuff. Jenny Ashcraft, newspapers.com has been our guest today and has been a guest on an ongoing basis. Our audience just loves to hear from you. Jenny, we hope you're going to come back, but this has all been wonderful. We're going to put up links to where our audience can find out more information about Jenny's work, her blog that she writes, newspapers.com information, and lots of other great stuff, the resources that Jenny has been mentioning today in the show. But Jenny Ashcraft, thank you so much for, for personally opening my family's eyes, but I think sharing with all of us the family history that is so important to us. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been a pleasure. My thanks to writer, historian, genealogy expert, returning guest, and audience favorite Jenny Ashcraft for her time, expertise, and thoughtful preparation in joining me today. You'll find much more in the way of links, resources, and information on our website, and check out newspapers.com. You can also check out my website at thenotoldbettershow.com for information and resources and special programs provided by newspapers.com available to KSCW listeners. My thanks always to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. Of course, my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please keep those emails coming to me at info at notold-better.com. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>